Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Tuesday was exit interview day and Rob Palenka was preaching two things. Continuity for the roster and patience for LeBron James. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to hang out with 17,000 plus now uh, subscribers to that channel, Lakers fans, NBA fans, all of whom are looking forward to a very, very interesting offseason that was kicked off today in El Segundo with exit interviews. We'll tell you all about it in just a second. Do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA, and when you enter the promo code LockedOnNBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. You can tumble with your Bird Dogs. Shorts and uh, pants there. Very comfortable. So... Um, Lots to talk about there in El Segundo as the Lakers got together in the wake of the uh, season-ending loss on Monday night. Um, Darvin Ham spoke. Rob Palenka spoke. Um, everybody spoke except LeBron and AD, but a lot of people talked about LeBron and AD, particularly LeBron. Um, yeah, the minute, by the way, that LeBron just floated the idea that retirement could at least be a possibility – I can promise you that's when Anthony Davis said, nope, you're not, <laughs> you're not coming. Nope, because I am not going to be the one, you know, as, as LeBron's best friend on this team, or if nothing else, the perception as LeBron's best friend on the team, certainly the guy seen as LeBron's second, the closest The other guy, the, the, the right-hand the 1A, man. whatever it is, right. Nope, I, like uh-uh. I, all my questions are either going to be, do you think LeBron's going to retire you know, do you think LeBron's retirement has anything to do with his disappointment in you? Right. Like, I just nothing good was going to come from ADB. <laughs> Is LeBron so upset with your game four that he's just going to walk away? I um, how do you feel about being the player that finally pushed LeBron into retirement? <laughs> the, the Iron Man after twenty seasons, when he still seems like he's got a lot left in the tank. Uh, yeah, whatever, whatever you notes, sleep at night, whatever maybe. notes you have, whatever suggestions, Darvin, <laughs> drop me a PDF and you can email them to me. I will happily chat yeah. uh, about them another time um to that point we'll get to you know the 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 issues of rob palenka talking about the roster and continuity and what he anticipates um what he signaled at the very least um they did obviously spend a lot of time people were asked a lot about lebron and rob palenka and darvin ham i got the impression from both of them andy uh, neither said it explicitly. I got the impression from both that they were a little they they did not see this necessarily coming. LeBron's comments after game uh, four that he is considering uh, hanging him up. No, I got the impression actually that nobody involved with the Lakers had any idea that LeBron w- has even considered something like this, much less doing the give, old Magic Johnson, much less give voice to it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, I I became a gif 
yeah. uh, with with Magic's surprise resignation as president of basketball operations because when he did that press conference and he slid behind the podium like a minute after Luke Walton had just finished uh, with his pregame uh, State of the Union, which we knew was going to be his last as well, um, Magic said he was going to give an impromptu press conference in the beginning. I thought he was joking. I didn't actually mm-hmm. think – I thought he was just making a joke. Everybody's here, so I might as well talk. But then all of a sudden he goes behind the podium and everyone's like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. I thought he was either going to clarify that Luke Walton was going to be fired – after that last game or was not going to be fired after that last game. Nobody, <laughs> including, as it turned out, Jeannie Buss, knew that Magic Johnson was going to be resigning that day. And yeah. since I happened to be next to Magic um, coming up to about, I don't know, like his rib cage, <laughs> um, you see my eyes bug out <laughs> just completely like a Tex Avery cartoon bug out at this announcement because yeah. it was legit shocking. It was, um, and this one was as well. And I thought, you know, the, Rob Plink, when asked about it, you know, he said what you would expect him to say, which is, uh, LeBron, we will, you know, we'll talk about it in the coming days when we have a little bit more clarity, when we have a little bit, you know, but this is, uh, this is a choice that LeBron, by the way, he's not wrong. This is a choice that LeBron has earned, and we will respect and, um, you know, support whatever decision he makes. Please come back. <laughs> please, <laughs> please come back. I, I'm adding that part. That to me felt like subtext. But yeah, I mean, I, he was, I think with Palenka, the overriding step that he took, if you want to call it that, was to make sure he didn't take any, uh, that he didn't get out ahead of, of anything that LeBron... In, I, in any direction. In any direction. You know, said the obvious, he's a phenomenal player. He praised what he did in game four. Uh, is amazing and unbelievable and, you know, inspirational playing basically 48 minutes. Um, but he wasn't going to put any pressure in either direction. Look, the Lakers will happily welcome him back if he decides he wants to stay. Um, and if it's a pressure play, obviously Polink is not going to get that either. Uh, but I, I thought the caution there was was notable from both him and Darwin. You know, just yeah, Dar- guy. Darwin actually had a pretty funny line when he was asked about this. And he said, look, after all of the trials and tribulations, paraphrasing a bit, but after all the trials and tribulations of this season and then you know the, the rebirth after the trade deadline and – these playoff series and the results of game, you know, the, the results of game four. Game four, you know, I was debating retiring. <laughs> so, like, you know, acknowledging just this season, while it ended up on broadly speaking, a very positive note compared to where everything began at two and ten, with if nothing else, the potential foundation for some optimism moving forward, you cannot overlook that. It didn't end the way people wanted, and it was exhausting in any event. Well, the, the, it is, it's hard enough to play playoff basketball just for the playoffs, and the Lakers were doing it starting in February. And so you, know, you, you have to play with that level of intensity and that level of investment in every single game for months on end. It is mentally exhausting. It's physically exhausting. It's something Austin Reeves talked about. Other players talked about. Um, as as they took their turns at the podium, I, I will say I'm still a little surprised, and I, I say this with the saying that like 
if I have to bet on something, I bet LeBron is going to play next year. Um, I'm still a little surprised that the, you know, the, there, there doesn't seem to be a ton of space opening up and maybe I missed it for the idea that LeBron is not trying to pressure the Lakers. It's not a power play. It's not whatever. It's a guy who's likely going to have foot surgery, who has been going through an incredible grind, who just has to think about whether or not he wants to keep doing it. Like, I feel like there's, you know, like the, there's a non-zero chance. He's just talking about retiring folks. I mean, I think that is in part the byproduct of people never expect the greats to walk away like before they absolutely have to. Like, well, I mean, just... re- remember with Kobe, everybody thought, well, he's going to retire, but he'll be back. He's there's no right. way, he's, you know, I know we both felt strongly like, no, he's when he says he's done, he's done. Oh, you, no, you, you and I were actually both pretty convinced seeing how the post Achilles run was going and just how difficult it was for Kobe and that he was not that he was not capable of being the player that he wanted to be, which was his sole purpose for playing in the first place. You and I were both very convinced before he was even officially acknowledged, this is my last contract. Like, there's no way he's playing past 2016. There, no, there's no. not a prayer. And when he says, and when he retires, he's not going to unretire. Nope. Not for a second did either one of us thought he was going to be coming back. But I think it is in part the idea that the great ones – there's this expect expectation that they will always stay as long as they can, that they that they won't know what to do with themselves without basketball. But you know, I think also too with LeBron specifically, it's the idea that we've seen him do so many leverage plays over the course of his career. Mm-hmm. You know, the way in Cleveland he used to do all the series of one-year contracts, always creating the exit threat. You know, this was something that he did in both stints in Cleveland. It was something that he did in Miami. It was frankly something that he did pretty much everywhere but the Lakers. The Lakers are pretty much the only place that he's never really done it. And I think that's really more about the idea that everyone knows at some point he's going to be living in L.A. anyway, so this is probably home. But I, I, I think with LeBron specifically, it's because he's been so unshy about the idea of putting his thumb on the scale when it comes to getting what he wants that people just would and he's been so overtly at least for a while wanting Kyrie Irving on this team that I think there is the assumption and I get where it's coming from that this is all about getting what he wants you and I said by the way both of those things can be true at once he can be legitimately mulling retirement while saying okay but if you're if I want if I'm going to come back it needs to be for a team that that is fixed some of its issues so I just feel like to be honest if if this was something that really is purely about leverage and there's no way in hell that he would ever be considering retirement I think the people closest to him would be able to sniff it out in yeah, all honesty. Yeah, yeah, I think there's something there's something to do that. Um, so Rob Palenka preaching uh, continuity, which um, gets to some interesting rumors and all that stuff. But we'll we'll break down more from Palenka, and we'll get to that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Bird Dogs, the makers of shorts and pants that feature the 
future of comfort, which is built in underwear. It's stitched inside the pants or shorts, almost like a layer of boxer brief that is at one with the clothing. They call it comfort kingdom, and you can rule your land and your bird dogs. You can look better and feel great while wearing your bird dogs. The stretchy fabric makes my legs and your legs, I've seen them, they need some help, make them look great, and they are comfier than other shorts, other pants, and they're versatile. You can wear the same pants or shorts on a golf course, a work meeting, Date, great attire for grilling. We're coming up to uh, it's Memorial Day, correct? This weekend, yeah. Up. Uh, a lot of grilling going on then, watching some sports, perfect for your bird dogs. And they're forgiving, they're stretchy. If your midsection needs a little more help, nothing to be ashamed of, you can look good in your bird dogs while dealing with your midsection. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. And when you enter the promo code, again, locked on NBA, they will throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. The Tumblr is awesome for real. It's it's worth it alone just for the Tumblr. Check it out. Uh, you want to get it? Get yours. Get some bird dogs. Um. So a couple things. There. Last thing on LeBron. I, I think that, to me the thing that is that is really intri- an intriguing wild card is just Bronny here. Um, because you know he's going to USC. He's I think proven to be an excellent prospect and all that kind of stuff. It's not like they're just shepherding him through. But, you know, not everybody's a one and done. Uh, and so and LeBron, who is an excellent um, judge of talent, I think, you know, in terms of like how players play and stuff like that, maybe not an excellent GM, but he knows a good. Player. I was going to say he's uh, really good at evaluating talent unless it involves putting them on his own team. Correct. I think that's a good way of putting it. If he thinks that LeBron, that Bronny might need two years in college instead of one, you know, or something like that, I think all of these things are are live in this consideration. The other thing I thought was interesting, uh, early rumors, um, we're not going to get into a good idea, bad idea, but just to set the table here, we're already beyond even Kyrie Irving hearing the whispers of the Lakers having interest in Trey Young and stuff like that. So, you know, against that backdrop of Kyrie and Trey Young, both at game four, by the way, um, there can only be one... You know, winner. Yes. Of you know what they the needed to do here. But- Remember in the Dark Knight when the Joker takes that pool stick and cracks it in half, and he says, "There's only room for one guy on my team." Yeah, <laughs> and you guys need to fight it out. Someone needed to do that with Kyrie and Trey Young. Obviously, not to the death. I want them both to survive and live happy lives. But you know, they 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 should be uh, have to prove it in some way. Yeah, so you gotta want it. They were they were both there. Feels a little thirsty to me, but that's okay. Um, Quite thirsty again. Like D'Angelo Russell's like, dude, I'm right here. I'm I'm I'm, I'm right here, right here. Um, and you know, so against that backdrop, Rob Palenka made it very clear that the Lakers would like to and are currently interested in and are focused on bringing back that young core bringing back essentially the team, you know, assume, you know, he's assuming LeBron comes back in AD. He is very comfortable building around those two and around them would like to put this core group of guys that, you know, they got Reeves and Vanderbilt and Rui Hachimura. And I, you know, that, that may or may not include D'Angelo Russell. We'll spend a lot of time on him uh, this week and into the off season, but you know, I think Andy. While it's fair to say the team won't look exactly like it did at the end of the year, it never does. Broadly, run it back. Currently, seems like it should be the betting favorite over, you know, Kyrie Young. Well, I, if nothing else, Rob Palinka could be expressing what he thinks is a good idea. He could be 
hedging, sort of like hedging the narrative, so to speak. So if for whatever reason he can't retain this group, he can at least have some plausible deniability of, look, I was interested in doing this, but bleep happens in the NBA. It was not completely all within my control, but I just wanted to let people know that I wasn't, I and the organization were not immediately thinking about the star bleepery route, even if what we are actually at least somewhat thinking about is the star bleepery route. But th they talked a lot. Rob Palinka, Darvin Ham, pretty much every player at their exit interview expressed pretty strong interest in trying to stay together. One thing Rob Palinka brought up that I thought was very true and something that you know, as somebody who spent a lot of the season before the trade deadline saying, I want Rob Palinka to start building next year's team now. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to see, see him making moves that could be as much about next year as this year. Turns out maybe it could be about both. But Palinka brought up that they lost to a Denver team that wasn't just better than them. It was a team that had a lot of continuity. And you could really see the value of continuity in that loss to the Nuggets, and you know he was not he was not alone in bringing that up. Darvin Ham noted it. I, I believe Jared Vanderbilt noted it as somebody who used to play. Reeves talked the, about it. LeBron talked about it after the game. Yeah, I, I believe talked about it after the game. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell has been adamant on many occasions about what he thinks this team could do with a training camp, and you know the. The degree of commitment towards the idea of coming back, I think, in certain respects, was contextual by player. Like, for example, Malik Beasley seems like somebody who would like to come back, also seemed like somebody who, during his exit interview, was at least told there is a possibility that you could get traded because of your contract being almost entirely not guaranteed, depending on... Right, traded, you know, there's, right. you know, you know, uh, you know all kinds of things could De happen. Dennis Schroeder, I think, would be very interested in coming back. I think he is also very cognizant of the idea that because of the way the CBA works, coming off a veteran's minimum contract, there is only so much the Lakers can pay him, regardless of what they would pay him. And another team could outbid the Lakers and... After you know, turning down the eighty-four million dollars the Lakers were begging him to take from them, he might not be in a position to take another haircut. No, um, and you know it's it's. I think yeah. You know, there's also to the aspect of it is the safest thing for Palenka to say, even if it isn't what he wants to do. Because sure. if you are interested in Kyrie Irving. Um, it does not help your position on the first day of the offseason to be showing interest there and driving up a potential price in a signing trade or whatever it might be. Um, all of that said, as someone who always worries that the Lakers are going to go for the shiny object, I actually believe them. Um, because I think... They understand the value and the, you know, I would like to think we'll get into maybe this a little bit more in the next segment. I would like to think they understand the value of a, a complete roster with not just a variety of players. And if it's not Malik Beasley, like, like, I don't think the Lakers are going to pay Malik Beasley 16 and a half or whatever it is next year. Um, but I think they could turn down his option and try to re-sign him for something less. 
you know, Malik Beasley at 11 or 12, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, something like that, given his track record as a shooter, um, I think is potentially quite attractive. I mean, Austin Reeves is going to make buckets of money in this offseason, but I think the Lakers are going to match whatever's out there for him. Um, but I, more I than just, any more than any other potential free agent, you know, while Rob Palinka was his very typical cagey self and not he acknowledged he was basically treating this like the rules of free agency begin today. Therefore, I, I have to be super careful with how I talk about everybody. Right. It was pretty clear that if you had to name the one free agent that they're going to walk over the most broken glass to keep, it's Austin. Yeah. I, I would agree. And it should that. be Austin. It should. There's no question. Um, but let's 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 break this down a little bit more, just in terms of what it means, like whether or not you know they 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 are really better off. Like you know, sort of, it's almost table setting really for the for the entire off season. Um, when they talk about you know continuity and running it back, you know, this is a team that on the one hand got to the Western Conference Finals only playing together. Uh, for a very short time, but on the other hand, showed some real flaws once they got there. So we'll get to that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel, and you should make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. The finals just around the corner, and new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is a grand, a 1000 bucks back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win and just – Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, really easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to the top point scores to getting saucy with an exclusive bet like the two-by-three. Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. I really wish the Lakers could have paid off that bet more often against Denver. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. It's safe. It's secure. You get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet all of the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so I'm going to give both sides of this here. Um, the the run it back versus, um, versus, you know, thinking about potentially the value of adding a Kyrie or a Trey Young or something like that. Um, Lakers had the best record you know following the deadline like they were really good um they you know they 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 won two rounds in the playoffs um they did all of this while missing significant players you know lebron out for weeks and they still managed to get this done d'angelo russell missed time over the course of the year anthony davis missed time it was not an easy season to get through and they did all that um and and did you know, pretty well in the playoffs had a, a nice extended run with the training camp, with time to develop with, without the pressure of having to sprint for three months. It, it is not hard to see how this team could be a, even while protecting LeBron, a two, three, a four, something like that. You know, where at the very least you're not hustling to make sure you're in the play in or trying to get out of the play. The flip side is, it was pretty clear, like when they got to this round, the, the, the you know, the, the both the Denver was better and also their offense was struggling to generate points in part because the backcourt didn't provide enough scoring and because they couldn't, they didn't get enough shooting. Um, you just, it is really hard to win in the, in today's NBA when you're taking and making, you know, 20, Free, 23 pointers a, a game and making seven of them 
Like that's just hard. It's hard. You're, you're leaving points out there. And so that would be an argument for adding somebody like Kyrie, risky as it is, at a time, you know, for, for a part of the season where you're only going to play six or seven or eight guys anyway, the most. Um, I mean, as far as the, the adding Kyrie piece of this, I just, I'm going to be honest, I just wouldn't do it. Like, I, I'll tell you right now, I would not in a million years sign Kyrie to a contract that goes longer than LeBron and AD where you are ultimately tethered to Kyrie longer than you are tethered to either one of those guys. Yeah. I just, that to me is an absolute non-starter. If you could, unless you're talking about like Kyrie, a four-year like mid-level exception, like something like that, like that's so below market value that it becomes irresponsible not to do it. But that aside, I, I simply would not put myself in any position where you are bound to Kyrie longer than you are bound to LeBron and Anthony Davis. I just think that's a terrible... We've seen how this movie ends so many different times in you know so many different sequels. It's always the same ending. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but that part of it notwithstanding, as far as the actual pros of the pros or cons of just running it back, period... What you were talking about in terms of the flaws that were exposed with this team against Denver, they were definitely real, and they were something that the Lakers couldn't overcome for some reasons, like you talked about, having to sprint through all this exhaustion, that sort of thing. It also had to do with Denver being really damn good and Denver quite possibly being the best team, not just in the playoffs, but maybe the best team all season and just never really being acknowledged as such until now everybody just can't ignore it anymore. But I also think, too, you have to think about the Lakers as a team that played half a season together without a training camp. So a lot of what you would build over the course of a year would start becoming the counters to the counters or the things that you have in your back pocket that you never show until the playoffs, which teams do all the time. Like teams yep, no question. They will work on sets. They will work on certain things that they they never break out until like the second round of the playoffs or later because they want to try to beat the scouting. The Lakers never had the ability to really implement that because everything was a mad dash. And wh- whether you think Darwin at this stage of his coaching career and with the staff around him could have implemented that stuff or not, the, the bottom line is they couldn't do it. They just, from a practical standpoint, there was no time. If you give this group, considering what they did on that type of, you know, hastened clock, an actual preseason, and, you know, hopefully guys stay relatively healthy or healthy enough that LeBron doesn't feel that burden by December, I think – I think there is real potential there. Yeah, I do. And that's, and that's essentially, that is what Darwin and, and, and Palenka, you know, beyond players themselves with Darwin and Palenka both really, I think emphasize was that, that potential there of, of what it, what it would mean to have an entire season. You know, your point about, um, you know, being able to preserve LeBron gets into a really interesting aspect of this that becomes relevant for the Russell conversations, for the uh, for the Irving conversations, and all that stuff that we'll have. My last thing that I'll say of this before we go: the other part, 
I think that is really important to consider. And I say this as somebody who is, is not automatically somebody who defaults to chemistry um, and vibes. When you hear guys talk about this team and this group as they got together in their culture and, and all this stuff, you hear LeBron talk about the, the, the stretch that he was absent for and he missed and um, you know the excitement of watching this group and how they came to work and all that stuff. It, the, the vibes around these guys are really good and around the group are really good. And you know what Russell provides in terms of a, a, a lightness um, that you know was definitely missing um, in the Russ era and the energy of somebody like Vanderbilt and somebody like Hachimura and what Reeves does. And it, it is a group that seemed to work both on the floor as a team it works as a roster construction in terms of things Rob Palenka pieces that Rob Palenka can move around. And it also seems to work on a personality level. And if you have all three of those things and you've shown already that this team can, by definition, reach a conference finals, I feel like that's a better starting place than, than whatever. So I just want to mention the vibes thing because it, it was another, it was the last thing that I thought was a theme that ran through everything that the, the players were saying. Yeah, I mean, the, the last thing I would say about this question in terms of, of maintaining continuity is that it, it all obviously begins with that question of LeBron and AD as the foundation. And do you believe LeBron can get through a season and an extended playoff run being able to play at, if not a number one superstar level, because as we've talked about many times, that has to be Anthony Davis. It simply mm -hmm. has to be. But LeBron needs LeBron needs to be able to play at the solid number two level of what you would expect from a star on a deep playoff run team or a championship team. Like he has to be. Able he, to he said, like I think there was a quote was out there. I was like, I still think I'm better than ninety or ninety five percent of the league. He needs to be better than ninety percent of the league. But right. that leads, you know, a, a few superstars right. that are better, but he needs to be at that level. Yeah. Right. Again, again, I'm not even talking about LeBron as the unquestioned number one that no. everything is built around. That has to be Anthony Davis. And it, and if you don't think Anthony Davis can be that guy, it becomes problematic and something to consider because LeBron has to have that guy next to him at this stage of his career. He has to. Yeah. Or somebody else has to, you know, do you believe Austin Reeves can take another leap next year where he can be playing at an unquestioned all-star level? Or, you know, if D'Angelo right. Russell can... Oh, well, yeah, and we'll, we'll get it. This, sure. gets, this gets into roster construction and all oh, It that does, but, I'm, but yeah. I'm saying this, this, though, is part of the continuity question because the only reason you would run back Rui, Austin, Dela, or, you know, all of them, you know, or try to run back all of them is because you believe the LeBron AD foundation works. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they, you have to approach this differently. They said they, they certainly the Palenka and, and Ham, as you would expect, uh, reiterated their belief in that. Um, we can, I think, and will have some conversations about whether they're correct. Um, and yes, uh, that that starts over the course of the off season, which started today.
So uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show, hang out with a bunch of Lakers fans uh, and Lakers enthusiasts. You can leave us comments, leave us questions. Now is really a good time to start doing that because we will be uh, you know, getting into the offseason, wrapping in questions all the time. Uh, impromptu mailbags, formal mailbags, all of it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's we're looking forward to uh, what should be a very intriguing offseason. And uh, we'll see everyone tomorrow.